This podcast is supported by Patreon. You can show your support on patreon.com slash toadsanime and get four early episodes a month for just a few bucks. Plus it helps Ryan buy Digimon toys. Alternatively, spend it on something more important. Hello and welcome to another episode of Toad on Games. The only podcast in the world where there are amphibians everywhere. All over the place. Frogs, toads newts ev- everywhere i'm eating them now don't know what i'm talking about really do um <laughs> with me today i have uh farmy who is previously from uh toge productions i think that's how it's yep, pronounced Toge. and then you've also worked for game loft and uh, a couple of other places as well um so do you want to briefly just maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've done and all that good stuff okay sure so yeah my name is fahmi if you've played Coffee Talk, you probably saw my name as Muhammad Fahmi, but uh, Indonesian don't really have the concept of first name and last name, so just call me Fahmi. And mm-hmm. I used to work in Gameloft uh, as a programmer and game designer, working on a mobile Java game. Uh, like the one that has like the total size of the game is only 128 kilobytes. Small games like that. And then... I went to work for a local gaming media. I mean, by local is Indonesian, uh, in Asia. Mm-hmm. So I was a writer, editor, and then I left uh, after three and a half years. And I joined Toge Productions as the marketing and PR guy. Uh, because Toge is indie developer slash publisher. So they help publishing Indonesian games to the global market. And... I used to work there as the marketing and PR, but the one unique thing about Toge is they have this internal game jam where everyone can pitch anything. And one of the things that mm-hmm. I pitched uh, during my time there was a project called Project Green Tea Latte, which then turned into what you all know as Coffee Talk. Yeah, so there's basically like my history. That's interesting, yeah, because I was wondering how that worked. Because obviously I saw that I saw that you joined the company as PR yep. um, and was wondering how that translated over. But I've, I've seen a, it doesn't happen that often, but I've seen some developers start that way where they will start as PR and then evolve into sort of writing or creating games, uh, which is amazing. Um, especially as me personally, someone that also works <laughs> in PR, that is quite promising because obviously I would love to do something like that one day. Actually, like when we started uh, working on uh, Coffee Talk, uh, my former boss asked me, like, can you handle both jobs at the same time? The marketing PR and the creative director of Coffee Talk. And I said, like, don't worry, it's not hard. And that was the biggest lie I ever told in my life. Like, that was super <laughs> hard, super difficult. But then I found out that making games, uh, it's more fun than selling games, which was the reason why I suddenly yeah. said, like, okay, I think I want to make games rather than being a marketing guy. So I left and start to make my own game now. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's 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 amazing that while you were making it, you were still doing the PR. Um, that's that's crazy. Because as you say, it's definitely a full-time yep. job. Like That seems mad to me that the person making a game would also be the one having to market it. And interestingly, I usually find... Um, through personal experience, uh, w- went back when I was a journalist, mm-hmm. that a lot of indie developers themselves usually don't get marketing. So it is rare when you have a developer that is both making a game 
and understands of the PR side of it all. I think yeah, that's that's one of the like one of the reason why the game can get the attention it has now is because the writer and game game designer actually worked on marketing and PR. So I kind of work with the mindset of okay, I need to sell this game anyway, so I need to make sure that people really want it, not just I want to make it. Yeah. Um, I suppose I should tell people a little bit about the game, actually. Um, for, for those that, for those that listen that aren't aware, um, Coffee Talk is uh, a really chill game, actually, like a really chill game where you run a coffee shop in Seattle um, and creatures come in and you talk to them about their problems. There's lo-fi music playing. You have to make all the coffee from recipes. And it's just one of the most relaxing games I've ever played in my life. Um, it immediately reminded me of in Animal Crossing, oh. uh, when you go to the rooster and he makes the coffee and you have all those sounds where he's making the coffee. I would regularly go into Animal Crossing and go and pay bells for him to just make this coffee, even though it doesn't do anything, just because it sounded nice and it was really chill. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to have a, <laughs> a full game that's that's that, basically. Thank you, thank you. And, um, yeah, personally, I've, I've just finished it a few days ago while, while we're recording. Um and historically, I'm not, I'm not someone that's um, that plays that many visual novel games, um, but, and and if anyone listening also doesn't pl- play visual novels, if they think, oh, you know, it, it sounds interesting, but I don't play visual novels, there's something about this that's a, that's that's a lot different to visual novels because, of course, it's very dialogue heavy, it's very text heavy, it's about talking to these characters, um, but you make all the coffees as well, and. You know what the the unique thing for me about this mm-hmm. game that I felt I got from this that I don't really get from other games is that by the end of it, I really felt that the characters of are so familiar, <laughs> like as if you're as if it's as if they're friends, and that sounds like a really lame way of explaining it, but it is a bit like if you watch the TV show Friends, for example, and you kind of feel like you know them, um, very homely, like it, all the characters just felt part of the furniture at the end, and and that's something very special. Like, I don't feel that way from uh, a lot of games. I mean, like, uh, if you watch a series on Netflix called Midnight Diner, that was one of the main inspiration for mm. the game, where, like, people, the small diner, uh, they have regulars. And these regulars, they came from different backgrounds, and yet they became a, some kind of family inside that small diner. Uh, that's kind of the idea that, Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to convey in Kavita, so it's a chill place, it's a cozy place where you can be whatever or whoever you want to be, and everyone will just accept you as it is, including if you're like a an alien trying to breed, you you can still be accepted in the coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I that that's why I liked about it really was that there's all these in the game. There's all these different races and different species and stuff, um, and obviously the the allegories there you could you, you could relate to the real world. But yeah, just loads of different characters with genuinely different personalities. Um, as you play the game, there's maybe 10 or so main characters. As you play the game, you kind of get used to them and you can view their profiles on your smartphone and stuff. And it's just, yeah, all, all these characters just end up feeling like home and they're very, they're all different. They're all really over the place in age and personality and stuff. And um, yeah, just a really lovely game. I found myself playing it in the evenings, just like really late in the evenings, I would sit in bed and just sort of play an hour or two of it. And do like a couple of days worth in game days worth, um, and that was just a really nice way of playing it. I don't drink hot drinks, 
unfortunately. But it would have been perfect to sit with a cup of coffee and actually play this game. Um, or indeed to go into a coffee shop. That's how we made it. Current situation because I can't. You made it that way. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, I spent, like, so many cups of coffee and green tea lattes at home or at the coffee shop. Uh, if you check on the credit in the special tank section, uh, there's a place called Anomaly Coffee Senopati. So I spent, like, five days a week in the coffee shop. And basically, the whole, almost the whole game was written in that coffee shop. Oh, that's cool. That's cool that it's actually written in a coffee shop. Yep. And the funny thing is, uh, I kind of feel like Freya in the game because <laughs> after visiting the coffee shop so many times, everybody start the barista, the security guard, they start to know me to the point they start talking about their job in the coffee shop to me like, hey, Fahmi, uh, like... They start talking about how they their boss treated them in the coffee shop. So I was like, "Holy shit! This is like, it's become <laughs> such a personal relationship between me and the barista." <laughs> oh, that's weird. That's very meta. So you were basically Freya writing writing a little game or book about about the coffee shop you're in. That's that's mad. I think Freya was the easiest one because I'm basically writing about myself. <laughs> yeah, that's so strange. That's really cool to know though that it was actually um mostly made in a coffee shop. That's really interesting. Um. Yeah, if, if, if circumstances in the world weren't as they are right now, I would have loved to have actually sat and played this um, in a coffee shop. That would have been <laughs> that would have been great. Um, I think the closest uh, alternative you can find is in a bar or something because uh, one of the reasons why we made the coffee shop looks like a bar is because the relationship you can find in the coffee shop is you will find it more in a small bar because i was inspired by a small bar in tokyo which i visited like a few weeks ago it's a gaming bar and the owner was actually working on uh, he worked on gut hand for clover's studio but mm-hmm. he said like okay i'm tired of making games and i want to make drinks instead and i visited that place like four years ago and i talked with random customers i talked with the bartender and i feel like okay this is such a cool experience to be in a game but I don't drink, so I know I know almost nothing about alcoholic drinks, but I know a lot about coffee and tea, and I decided, okay, I can just make the setup looks like a bar, but uh, the owner, they only serve hot drinks. I think I preferred the setting as in this than if it was like a standard bar and you're making alcoholic drinks anyway, because it's so much more calming and relaxing. And even though, as you say, like the aesthetic in the background, I suppose, looks a bit more like a small bar, but... Um, but yeah, I like, because it's so much more relaxing. I don't know, even though it's a game, obviously, I'm not sitting drinking alcohol. Um, <laughs> and indeed, I don't drink coffee and tea and stuff in real life anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess the nature of it being coffee is so much more relaxing. And just even small things in this game, like the sounds of, I don't know where you got them from, but even the sounds of um, of you making the coffee, like the, the spoons ticking and, and, the, and the coffee pouring and stuff. It's just so relaxing. It's... Um, Obviously, you've got the music in the background as well, which helps. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's just a really relaxing game. The, I think the credit goes to our... Um, so our producer, the project manager, is also the composer of the game. Like mm. He made all the music, all the sound effects in the game. And my request is only one. Like You listen to a lot of these lo-fi, chill-hop videos on YouTube mm-hmm. and try to make something like this. And uh, the amazing thing is... It was his first experience working on music like this, and 
like he just got it immediately like uh at at first i will i requested that okay i think we should have like 10 songs or 12 songs for the game but he was so into making all this lo-fi music we ended up with like 24 musics for the game yeah i mean it suits it perfectly it really does it really suits the mood of the game i, I can't imagine it not having lo-fi music um it just suits it so much and the, i mean the best the best thing in the game is probably the one that the one that you've used in a lot of the trailers and stuff like that it's just lovely <laughs> just it just it just sounds like off a coffee shop like it just sounds lovely um if any coffee shops played lo-fi music i don't know why they don't that would be amazing sadly uh, no they played ed sheeran music yeah oh no, i'd love, love that um yeah but it, it's it's such a good game as as i say i don't drink um coffee <laughs> um so for me <laughs> when i'm told to make all these coffees and stuff um obviously the game sort of instructs you how to do that so it's not too confusing but i have never heard of almost any of the coffees that are in this game um <laughs> they looked great they looked cool um but yeah i was just i don't know what that is that sounds good i guess um uh like you can find a lot of drinks that are not from the western country because even though the game is set in the united states i just mm-hmm. wanted like okay i think we need to put a lot of lot of more representations from the other side of the world and uh we decided to put like three or four drinks from southeast asia just to show the world that hey we have this kind of drink you know yeah i liked that i liked that very much and um you know i i i think i messed one of them up um <laughs> and uh it, it was oh i can't remember his name but it was rachel's dad character basically and he was he was um, yes And he wanted a uh, he wanted a, a drink from Asia and was disappointed that no one in the US had made it properly yet. And I was like, "I've got you covered, mate!" And um, messed it up, and he was very disappointed. <laughs> I mean, even Indonesians who played the game was like, "Plami, is this really how you make STMJ?" Like, "Yeah, it is. Why? No, it's not like this." And people are like, "You should make it like blah 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 blah." Okay, okay, it's just a game. Come on. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. I figured, obviously, like you, you're given like a set amount of ingredients. I imagine in reality, when you're making these, it's, it might be a little bit different. But, um, but yeah, I messed some of them up. I think to be, I think for me actually, it it didn't become immediately apparent to me until maybe halfway through the game that the order in which I make the drink, the the ingredients, oh, that that mattered. Like I knew that the for some reason I had in my head, I I understood that the base ingredient was important. But then the other two, I thought they were interchangeable. I didn't realize until I started experimenting a little bit that if you, that the second and third ingredients will actually make loads of different drinks. So in the end, I ended up filling the library out. But um, yeah, yes. I didn't realize. I guess that's one of our challenge too, because uh, up until like the final month of the development, we still changed the UI for the uh, coffee machine just oh, to okay. make it more user friendly. But In the end, even after all the uh, work's done on the UI, people still miss that fact until they have to make the special drink. The drink right, that yeah. has special yeah. Yeah, I don't remember at which point I realized it, but I realized it at some point and then and sort of just experimented a lot with, with different combinations of, 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 uh, of it all. And, uh, I mean, yeah. uh, it's also like one thing, about, uh, one thing about the drinking mechanic is The core idea of the game is we want to make it as chill as possible, right? Mm-hmm. At first, 
uh, we thought of having like specific set of drinks that are like you can only have this set of ingredients and the rest are failed. But mm-hmm. I realized we will have like hundreds of combinations, and if you're making like over like over seventy percent of them as a failure, mm-hmm. it won't be a chill game. It will be like a depressing game. It was like it will put too much pressure on the players. So we ended yeah. up with a drinking mechanic where every combination is possible. Uh, basically, the formula is uh, the name of the drink is the primary ingredients plus secondary ingredients plus the base ingredients. Mm-hmm. And that's like, so we have like hundreds of drinks and you won't fail at making any of them. But we do have like 30 special drinks that have special art, special name, and special description. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you know what? I guess it, it it's a testament to the game, really, that I hadn't really realized that there was no fail state. But you're absolutely right. Like, it being a chill game, you wouldn't want there to be one. But even if I yeah. didn't get the exact drink that the customer was asking for, it never really felt like that big of a deal. Like, I understood that I hadn't got it right, but the, you know, the game continues anyway, and the customer is just like, oh, you, you know, I'll drink this anyway, don't worry about it. Um so yeah, it was just it's just this really chill experience, and you know I find that getting them right or doing the 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 the, the latte art is just very much a thing that I'm doing for my own sake, just because I want to I, I want to try and get it looking nice. Um, the the latte art is actually something like a totally different league because uh, at first I was totally against the idea of having the latte art mechanics. Uh, right. But the, but we need something that different. Like we need something unique that can only be achieved in a coffee shop game, mm-hmm. because you know, um, Sukeban is releasing Nirvana soon, right? I mean, not soon, mm-hmm. but they are releasing Nirvana, and we were like, okay, we need something that they cannot have because you cannot have you cannot have making latte art in a bar. So why mm-hmm. don't uh, we make latte art? That came from Chris, the CEO of Togi. He mm-hmm. came up with the idea, and then he actually made the prototype for the latte art mechanics. And after he worked on the prototype, the programmer started working on it. And by the time uh, we started showcasing the latte art mechanics on Twitter, people were like, "Holy shit! This game has latte art!" I was like, "Okay, I was wrong." <laughs> people actually <laughs> love the latte art mechanic. <laughs> yeah, well, the mechanic just suits the vibe of the game so well because it's so chill and so slow paced and, 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 and just relaxing. That um, you, you you don't really have to be good at making the latte art. Yeah. Except for what mock mock you for your latte art, but that's that's the still character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would find I'm not usually the kind of person. I'm not a very artsy person in general. But but I ended up getting that. I think there's an achievement in the in. I played it on the Switch. Um, but there's still an in-game achievement for like. I think doing the latte art for an hour or, or a few hours yep. or something and ended up getting well, that not intentionally. Um, but just because every time the latte art came up, I would, I would, I don't know why, but I would sit and just do it for like 20 minutes, like just mess around <laughs> with it and um, try and get it looking pretty. don't know how many times I managed to get it look pretty, but uh, at first the reason why I kind of against the idea of having the latte art is because I was afraid that people will end up, uh, drawing dick pics on the latte art and i thought like okay <laughs> right. 
it's a pretty chill game if people are sharing dick pics, but then the team told me like, it's all right. You you don't need to worry about those kind of things. And surprisingly, we don't have that that many dick pics. I was surprised with that fact, you know. <laughs> To be honest, I think it would be difficult to do anyway, just because the nature of how that latte art works. Like, it's not difficult yep. to draw, like, actual images. Yeah. <laughs> the the uh, the thing is, we actually started playtesting the latte art by drawing the pics just to make sure, like, how easy or how how good the system is. Mm-hmm. That's like the indicator. I uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was just pretty much just every element of this I really like. I like. How I like the smartphone again. I haven't played. Obviously, the there's very easy comparisons that can be made with um, the Valhalla bar sim game, but yeah. I haven't played that. I, I actually haven't played it yet. Um, so I don't know what's in that 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 isn't in this and, and whatnot. Um, but in this, um, the, the the smartphone mechanic I've quite liked as well um, mm-hmm. because obviously the, you have you have a social network sort of thing on there where you can you, you kind of have a fringe tracker for all the main characters in the game um yeah. but more importantly the um the newspaper so every day in the yeah. game there's like a new short story in the paper that the that an in-game character writes and i quite yeah. liked that that was really nice that was a really nice idea thank you i mean <laughs> the main reason why we have that is pretty silly and egoistic of me because I wrote a lot of short stories on my personal blog, but the only people that read it are like my mom and my friends. So I was thinking like, how can I make more people read my short stories? And I was like, okay, let's put it in the game. <laughs> oh, so were they actually short stories that you had previously had on your blog then? Yep. Like some of them has been run for years. <laughs> that's actually really cool. That's that's I like that, that, that there was stuff that you'd written a while ago. That's interesting, but yeah, I found myself always checking, um, checking that on each in-game day, and checking the friend list, and uh, and yeah, yeah, it's just it, just every element of this game is just like really adds to it. and It's really chill, and uh, thank you, thank you so much for the kind words. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, this is the this seems like the kind of game to me that has could easily get a fan base, like people that are very passionate about the characters and very passionate about the game in general. So is that something you've experienced that people have been doing fan art and that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, like, I've been saving every single fan art I can find. And I think uh, I already saved, like, around 500 fan arts. And oh. I was, like, I didn't expect this at all. Like, oh, wow, this is... Especially some of the characters, like, the characters that I actually don't really like, people actually love them. I was like, holy shit, people love this kind of thing? Yeah. And I, 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 I'm just enjoying the art they made, and all of them are so amazing. I've seen some of it, but it is just one of those games, I guess because you do, because like I said before, like you end up feeling like you kind of know the characters so well. It is definitely the kind of game that I can see people really falling in love with the characters for and becoming, it's one of, the, it's one of those games that you can see there being an actual online fandom um, for. Um and I felt that way, you know, as I was playing the game, I was like, oh, I bet there's loads of fan art of this. I bet people love these characters and stuff. Um, so that's good to hear. That's good to hear that the, the, that is the case. Yeah. I mean, uh, one thing about the characters is actually uh, during the development, one of the feedback I received from the rest of the team that is that all of the characters, they sounded like me. Like, during the beta, like, I wrote all these characters, so they sound like Fahmi talking to them. And 
uh, we tried to handle it by doing role play. So I already have the story. I know what these characters will talk. So I I invited the team members, including uh, Toge Toge employees that doesn't work on Coffee Talk. Like I think this one, uh, he he's he, he sounds like Rachel. Uh, this girl sounds like Gala. This one is, looks like this. So I gathered them in a meeting room and I told them, okay, so you will be this character, you will be this character, you will be this character, and we will talk about this thing. And then we just started chatting in the meeting room while I recorded everything. And I just transcribed the recording and edited it accordingly. So that's kind of how we tried to avoid having all the characters sounded like one person who's the writer. Which is, I think, like, a very cool idea to have because um, it's not every day you can get 15 people in the office to work with you in such a unique way, I guess. Yeah, I like that. I like that you did that. And um, it played it paid off because all of the characters, um, as I said before, all the characters have a really different personality and they come across very differently. And, uh, yeah, I don't get the impression that they're all sort of the same or anything like that so that's really cool that you're able to do that in the in the uh at your office and stuff as well um i assume i assume you have an office because you were saying that you that you wrote a lot of in, oh, yeah, in yeah. coffee shops yeah, yeah. Right, we, we did have, i mean like i spent i spent like the from 12 p.m 12 p.m or from 11 a.m or 12 p.m at the office until like 6 or 7 p.m and then i go to the coffee shop until midnight until closing right. time. Oh, you actually had a coffee shop that closed at night. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I go home at 10 p.m., the barista will be like, "Hey, Fahmi, it's still soon. Like, it's still morning for you." Okay, it's 10 p.m., guys. Like, come on. <laughs> that's that's cool. Because one of when I was playing um when I was playing coffee talk, I was thinking how it's open so late, and I was like, I wish I had a coffee shop that was open that late because much like you, I'm very productive in the evenings. And so yeah. to have a nice space, a nice chill, relaxed space in the evenings would be really nice. But I don't know of a single coffee shop anywhere near me, even in London that is open till like midnight. Um, that'd be amazing. I would love that. You should start opening one then. I should, <laughs> I should. And I should call it coffee talk and have the same logo and everything. And then I can, and then I can work behind the bar and have a green-haired author come in, like, <laughs> make fun of. Oh, yeah. Good idea. About the green-haired, uh, it's actually when we made Freya, uh, she's the third character we made, um, my hair was green at that time. So I was like, I told the artist, ah. like, hey, why don't you make her green? What? So she looks like you? Yeah. And that's how we got her hair color. Because I died. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, I guess the game kind of has an ensemble cast of characters, but if that's the most that I guess she's the standout character just because she appears in most of the days and she seems to have the most yep. personable relationship with with you as the player. Like it seems that she's been going there a long time already when the game starts, but all of the other yep. characters for the most part are kind of new to the bar. So I, I guess she comes across as the main character, even though. I suppose she isn't. Yeah, kind of. And uh, one important thing that I need to mention, I guess, is like the main character is the barista, right? And yeah. You, you are the barista, but uh, when we published the first demo of the game, uh, we published the demo like around 
2018, mid-2018, oh, okay. uh, I got complaints that, not really complaints, but feedbacks where people said that they put their names in the barista name, but they feel like the barista is an old man. Uh, it's not themselves. And that's one thing that I kind of struggle with because in Indonesian language, we don't really have like gender pronouns. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh no, how can I make the barista can be anyone? And that was a challenge. But in the end, hopefully uh, we got that, hopefully. Although I did get some feedback from the people who localized the game that it's kind of difficult because uh, their language relies so much on gender pronoun. Mm. Which I think mm. like okay, I think this this will be the last time I try to make a character that is a total blank slate like this, <laughs> because it's such a difficult thing to do. <laughs> um, I did get that impression though with the bartender that they were kind of just a, more of a blank slate. Yep, that it took so many tries to make sure that yeah, somebody like you are the barista. Barista is not anyone. There's no official art of who the barista is. Even the comics. Uh, they made a comic to celebrate the launch. Uh, it doesn't mention the barista at all. doesn't show it. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, I guess going on to talking about the characters more in general. So something I like about about the characters in this game are that mm-hmm. the drama in this game isn't like... There's no high action drama. No one's going to die. There's no like massive... Yeah drama thing it's, it's quite realistic problems like baileys and yep. lua with their sort of interracial relationship mm. thing going on um mm. freya with her novel like it's none of it is like a i guess it plays into the fact that you were trying to to create a chill game that's quite chill so it's yep. n- nothing is too tense or panicky or or high action or anything like that yeah uh that was uh that kind of became a bit of problem mid-development because uh, we found out that uh, we found out, and we also got feedback that the game is too chill, as in like there's no drama at all, like right. everything is just too flat. So then we need to redo some of the stories. Uh, fun fact: some of the stories are actually based on my personal life or some people that I met. Like hmm. one of the character, Myrtle. Myrtle is actually based on a Tinder date I met. Uh, I actually told her that hey, can I use your car- use your personality and name for the game? And she was like, "Sure, I'd love to see myself in the game." <laughs> uh, and then there's also like, Freya is obviously based on me writing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are some characters that one of the characters that I felt so hard to write their drama is Rachel and Henry because. Rachel is actually kind of Rachel is based on a real, a real life idol, real life model in Indonesia. Uh, she's a friend of mine, so the character was based on her. But right. the story, the story is like something that, among other stories, I, I can relate to the Lua and Bailey story. I can relate to Freya. I can relate to Myrtle and Aqua. But I cannot relate to Rachel at all. So we ended up rewriting the stories for Rachel and Henry like for three times I guess mm-hmm. I hope in the end we got it okay is but uh, they are kind of the story arcs that are h- 
hardest hardest to write among other arcs. That's interesting. That's interesting that she was the character that you didn't relate to um, in your personal life. Um, I, I think it played out perfectly fine. I, I, I liked that um, that arc. I liked that. Um, I won't spoil it for people that haven't listened, but as <laughs> as that was playing out, um, the newspaper front pages that you get at the start of each in-game day, sort of, mm. you could kind of figure out what was happening yeah. through those. I liked that before each day. So that was that was really cool. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I just feel that each that each of the characters were very um, were very real, very genuine. Um, they came across really well. Uh, I was very engaged, which again is as as someone that doesn't play visual novels, I was surprised by by being engaged by because it it's a very chill story. But I still cared about the characters and, and where their stories were going. Um, and I guess I just don't have that very often with visual novels. I guess I just maybe that's my problem with it. Like I just don't really care about the characters very much. Um, one of the reason might be because a lot of visual novels rely so much on tropes, like the usual that's character it. tropes. Yeah. yeah. While what we try to do is like make the characters as relatable as possible. So you you have this characteristic, but you don't really have the extreme sundere kudere oriandere thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to make all these non-human characters feel as humanly as possible. Yeah, I think that's it, actually. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's... Uh, I'm generalizing, of course, but I think in my, my experience with visual novels is that the characters are sort of archetypes, are very general characters, mm-hmm. whereas that's not the case in this. Like they, uh, they None of these characters really fit um, uh, sort of a generic character slate, which is good, obviously, because it makes them interesting. And... Um, that's probably thanks to it being being either people in your life or yourself. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, each of these stories, basically, yeah. that's probably where that comes from. I think one of the reasons is also thanks to the character designer because uh, the lead artist, Dio, uh, he actually made this design based on a very bad guides I made. Like, uh, I just made like, okay, this character is uh, she's like a female human, twenty nine years old. Uh, She's a hipster. She's, I just made like three points, three bullet points, and then he started drawing the characters like with this minimum information. And I learned that that's not how you should uh, help the character designer to make the characters, but because he's really good at this, he ended up designing all these characters better than what I had in mind. So right. I, I guess the credit goes to him too. Yeah, um, I really like all the character designs. Um, they're all again very different and unique, and they fit the personalities. So that worked out really well. Um, another thing, actually, which um I thought was interesting is you kind of covered the topic of uh, video game crunch in <laughs> in game. Do you like two of the characters? Um, so like two of the characters end up working on on an indie game. And uh, yeah. and they kind of go over the topic of crunch a little bit, and that was interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, like my first job in video games was at GameLoft, right? And mm-hmm. GameLoft is a triple A company. So on my first day working there, actually, I saw like uh, my first game was a racing game called Asphalt. Uh, I don't know whether oh, you yes. heard it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. So I went to Asphalt, and it was like the final month of the development, and Imagine being an internship and you need to see people going back home at 3 a.m. And I was like, is this what I'm going? Is this what I'm going to do like for the rest of my life? I was like, oh, 
this is very difficult and thankfully we also have recently we have a lot of coverage from a lot of journalists about crunch cultures and I think it's just a good point to raise especially because this game will be played by gamers and I just hope that gamers can see like hey you know the games you're playing uh, they were made by humans I mean like in this game they were made by many kind of creatures but they're also humans you know so yes yeah. respect them I guess <laughs> yeah although you were working in a coffee shop till midnight so so yeah. but it's a different, it, was, it was something that was so like it was more it was kind of your baby really so I guess it's, it feels a little bit different yeah kind of <laughs> um but yeah the the thing I find um as you mentioned a lot of websites and outlets have started covering the fact uh, people have started writing about crunch culture now, but I think a lot of what I think what isn't realized by a lot of people reading that stuff is that it really is a culture. Like it's not specific developers. It yep. really does run throughout the whole of the games industry now through yep. big, big, big studios, little studios, even people without working on a game completely on their own at home. It, there's something yep. about game development in general that seems to have a crunch issue. It's not specific developers. Um, because when these articles go up using Naughty Dog as an example, um, when an article goes up about how Naughty Dog suffers from crunch, everyone on, you see all the gamers on, on Twitter and stuff will get really angry at Naughty Dog. Oh, I can't believe you do that. Which is fair enough. It's it's a it's an understandable response. But I don't think they realise that, well, it's it's going to be Naughty Dog, it's going to be Sony, it's going to be Xbox, Nintendo, it's going to be all your favourite indies. It's, it's everywhere. I mean, it, it just runs rampant throughout games in general. Um, it's, it's, it's like a problem that I think it's already in the mindset of a lot of people that you need to do crunches to finish the game, which I think is super wrong. But yeah, it's, it's a very difficult thing to talk about. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult topic, and I certainly don't have the answers. Um, but it's 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 tricky because I imagine there are some developers where they will kind of force you to do it. But there are going to yeah. be many, many, many more developers who tell themselves, please, we really don't want you to overwork. We care about you. But if some of your colleagues are doing it, you're going to feel like you have to do it. Like if if, if, if the two people sitting around you mm-hmm. are staying late, yeah. you're going to feel like you have to. And then the developers will say, we didn't force crunch. We didn't. And that's yeah. true. They didn't. But culturally, didn't. Within, the, within the studio, it kind of was. Um, it's a tricky it's a tricky topic for sure. I mean, uh, uh, my experience with Gamelock was pretty unique because uh, it was my first job and I felt burned out by working there. But right. uh, when I left and then a few years later, I went back as a journalist and I talked to some of my friends off the record. And the funny thing is they actually trying to change. Like they don't really allow scrunches anymore. Uh-huh. And it's like, if you're like, one month before release, I guess there's no helping to that, but they try to minimize the crunches as good as possible, but mm-hmm. at least they are trying, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, th- that's, I think that's just what we need to see, is just that developers are at least trying to, to, to hit it down. Um, I don't know realistically whether it'll ever be possible to get rid of it. It just seems, uh, you know, I, I, I was reading... Um, uh, Jason Jason Schreier's book, and it just and he covers sort of the development cycle of a lot of different games, and it just seems yeah. that it's a complete miracle that any game 
gets finished. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. But I don't think I've actually seen a game talk about crunch in a game, which was interesting. I think that was a first for me, which is why it stood out, um, because I've not seen a game literally talk about crunch before. I mean, it's not every DC game where one of the characters is a game developer. That's true, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I might have a little bit too much narcissistic personality that I put too much of myself in the game. <laughs> that's why. Well, that's good, though. That's good to put in what you know, because I think it translated really well because it made the characters feel real. Like, it made them feel like real people or creatures, um, as opposed to, as I said, with a lot of the visual novels I've played, where they just kind of feel really not real <laughs> and blank. Um, but yeah, I think it worked out that you, that you put a lot of yourself into into these characters. And um, I think a lot of artists and creators and writers do that. Um, and it always works out well. So I do like that two of the characters were um, game developers, actually, because uh, obviously I know a lot of indie game developers and I go to events and stuff. So that seems very real to me, seeing um, them having to run their stand and stuff like that. That was interesting. Um, and it's, it's kind of... It's easier to write things that you know about because, as you can see, the, the characters are like people in love, writers, game developers, people with uh, problems with their parents. Having something that is more relatable to you, it kind of helps with the development because at least you have the background, you have the basic of things you need to write about with mm -hmm. you yourself knowing the basic of these things instead of trying to make it full fantasy stuff that you never experienced yourself that that thing would be totally different different kind of leak i guess yeah i'd be very interested to see how someone that isn't in the gaming bubble and doesn't really know about that sort of stuff and or crunch how they would approach this game and what they would think of it um I think they're the kind of people that would fall really fall in love with these characters still and and and, and do all the fan art and stuff. But obviously, I I view this game through the lens of someone that does understand all of that stuff. Um, cool. I, I guess we'll wrap up. Um, before that, before that, actually, are you currently? Did you say you're currently working on like some of your own small games and stuff now? Is that what you're doing now? What I'm doing now. So yeah, uh, uh, as I have explained, I left Toge right. Uh, after Coffee Talk, I left Toge because I want to work on my own game. Mm -hmm. I'm currently working as some consultants for local indie developers. I also do freelance writing, but I'm also working on a few games, uh, a few short games because Coffee Talk is only three hours or four hours long, but it took us two years to make. So uh, yeah. I'm trying to make a game that like, I can finish in two or three months. And maybe like sell it uh, below five dollars, and see where it will take me. Hopefully, I can have something to show by next month. Hopefully. Oh sweet! Oh, that's soon. Okay, that'd be good to see. Um, I mean, it, it kind of works for me personally that you're making short games. Um, I've kind of gone on a short game binge this year, just because I, I as an adult, I don't have that much time. Um, so and I like to get the feeling of having finished a game. Um, yep. Which why, which why I picked this up to begin with, honestly. Like, if this was a 20-hour long game, I probably wouldn't have bought it. Um, but I, I got it because I, I saw on howlongtobeat.com it was about four or five hours. <laughs> I was like, Perfect, brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually really appreciating games that I can sort of finish really quickly. Um, so 
that'll be good. I'm I'm kind of glad to hear. When I told people that I'm working on a short game, they expected me to work on oh, so it's like a four hours game. It's way shorter than that. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That works out. We'll wrap up. Do you want to tell people where they can find you online so they can follow what you'll be doing next? Uh, uh, you can find me online at Fahmitsu. So it's F-A-H-M-I-T-S-U. Basically, Fahmitsu, but with H in the middle. So yeah. Cool. And uh, genuinely, I do recommend that people give Coffee Talk a go. Hopefully, I haven't... Uh, I've tried to avoid spoiling too much of it because I hope that people... And you're working on DLC, by the way. Oh, 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 are you? Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I, I did, I'm not working on the DLC, but I know the rest of the team, the core team member, is still working on the DLC, another additional story. And it's being written by some of the writers that I really respected. So I'm actually super excited to experience this game as a player. Oh, yeah, that would be interesting because, yeah, that would be really odd for you. Um, that's good to hear. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that would be really interesting. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. I, I do recommend people go pick this up on, uh, I think it's Switch, PC, PS4, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, do, do give it a go. It's really chill, and uh, sometimes we can do with a bit of change of pace like that. Um, anyway, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, th- it was really awesome to talk about this game. I've loved it and played it recently, so it was really great to, to kind of talk about it while it was still on my head. Thank you so much. No worries. And uh, may, who knows, maybe a year from now, two years from now, once your next game is out, maybe we could talk about that as well. Oh, yeah, that's good. I really hope so. <laughs> cool. Um, right. Thank you for listening, everyone. We will catch you next time. This podcast is supported by Patreon. You can show your support on patreon.com slash toadsanime and get four early episodes a month for just a few bucks. Plus, it helps Ryan buy Digimon toys. Alternatively, spend it on something more important. <laughs>